I already had to redo it once because I said, almost said therapy. Yeah. It's just what it's become for me. It well, therapy. it is for me too. It yeah. is for me too. It's not just you. And also happy holiday week. We are, yeah, how many sleeps? I know. Like, We're like six sleeps, five sleeps till Christmas day. I know. My kids would know right off the top of their head. Like every morning they're like, mom, mom, mm. did you know Monday is Christmas? Santa comes. Are you ready? Yeah. Are you ready? Like, do you, guys, do you do advent calendars or anything? No, we we have in the past, but to be honest with you, like, I kind of am um, in denial with how quickly the, the holidays have been coming up. So, I didn't even really start to think about that sort of stuff until Advent. Yeah, you just said tonight when you got here, mm-hmm. you haven't even finished Christmas shopping yet. No, ma'am. Ugh, no, is that ma'am. a yearly thing for you that you're? No, and it's causing me a lot of anxiety right yeah. now. Yeah, <laughs> I'm a lot. Usually, I'm a lot more prepared. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, what's been hard this year is that like both of my girls, they haven't made very good lists. Like leaving you in the dark a little bit, huh? Like Gianna literally put like candy on her list. Listen, there's nothing wrong with a solid (laughs) stash of candy. True, true, but I'm like, candy. uh, that makes it easy. It's not very fun though. Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, okay. Can you give me something more? And Amaya's birthday was last month. And so she's like, I don't know what else I want, mom. And I'm like, oh, okay. So now I'm going to be left to my own devices to hopefully not flop Christmas, which I never have, but you'll be fine. Yeah. And and I'm doing really well. Like I don't really have very much left to do. Uh Um, they're done. They're done. The girls are done. Okay. But I have like my siblings and I, we do a, um, like white a white, yes, exactly. Mm, like a gift exchange. Yeah. And have I bought either of those gifts? Absolutely not. So I have two of them for my. Do they have I. to be new things? Um. Yeah, we usually do new things, oh. but I guess they wouldn't care if they weren't new. But listen, we could walk around my house after this. <laughs> <laughs> you know how many things I have in my house that I have been wanting to get rid of. Do it. So many, and I just have not made it a priority to get like. Listed on Facebook Marketplace or, mm, you know. That's tough. Oh, does anyone in your world wear a size seven and a half shoe? No. All, oh, well, Amaya does, actually. She's a seven in women. Seven, seven and a half. We should talk after. Okay. Mm-hmm. That is neither here nor there for listeners. They don't care. Well, here's the deal. I am extremely jealous of people who have, like, normal size feet because I don't. Well, I could always get into, like, a seven and a half and then recently I... I don't know if it's like post-pregnancy. I don't mm. buy shoes super often. Mm-hmm. I'm so- solid eight now. Yeah. I. Which, is that normal in your mind? I don't 100%. know. 100%. Oh, what size shoe do you wear? Well, you do you really want to know? <laughs> well, based off of your tone and what you just said, I'm going to say you're like a size 11 or something. 11 or 12. Serious? Mm-hmm. And I have been since I was like in seventh grade. Mm-hmm. It wow. sucks. It's horrible it's a lot better now no but it's a lot better now than it used to be Mm because like when I was growing up the biggest most shoes like women's shoes ran was a 10 really and it was incredibly depressing that I couldn't wear like cute women's shoes it was like payless like Target didn't even carry oh yeah so unfortunately my girls have inherited the Mm. Bigfoot gene the Bigfoot gene and it makes me really sad because I know that pain. Mm. Well, hopefully, like you just said, though, it sounds like it's the retailers are yeah. better about it. I, I think they're becoming a lot better, it's but good. it's still got a lot of ways to go, in my opinion. But I, okay, 
this is something I think that has happened okay. um, in the last 10 years, especially. Uh-huh. One of the things I think that's helped us big footed gals <laughs> is the trans community. Oh, interesting. Because huh. of course men notoriously have bigger feet than women. Right. And like an 11, 12 of, of women is like a men's 10 or 11, sometimes nine, 10, 11. Anyway, yeah. I would consider that kind of an average men's size foot. You right. know, it's not crazy. But anyway, Interesting. a lot of men have bigger feet than that. Mm-hmm. And so they're trying to wear women's shoes. Right. And need it to work. Yeah. And I think that's fascinating. Yeah. I mean, I'm not mm. buying like giant platform shoes, but, but I think. You're not trying to look like a little drag queen or something. Yeah. That sounded mean. I didn't mean like that. I'm just no. thinking when I think of drag. Yeah. It's usually a little over the top. It is. For sure. But like, you know, with the trans Ginger community, spice. like they're, they're men who just want to look like a normal woman. Right. So it's like, I don't want to wear those platform shoes either. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to go <laughs> wear like, you know, thigh high boots every day. <laughs> I don't see a problem with that. No. <laughs> Just kidding. I actually, I just bought myself a pair of new booties because I love tennis shoes. My friends, Mm -hmm. specifically Lindsay, is always like, what pair of tennis shoes are you going to wear today? I love a good tenny. And I thought, well, I'm old enough now that I should have some solid go-to booties in my closet. Mm -hmm. And then I have this outfit I sent you a picture of, said outfit. Fire. Thank you. It is. I think it looks good with the booties. It looks really good. I got one piece of feedback from um, a friend who I also, I sent to like three people because listen, do I trust one opinion? No, Mm -hmm. I don't. I'm like, she's boosting Mm -hmm. me too much. She made me feel great. Someone else be like, that's terrible. Anyway. (laughs) Did anybody say it looked terrible? No, no, no. They all all gave me the green light. Okay. The one piece, I wouldn't even call it negative feedback, but one piece of feedback I got was you should wear tall boots instead. Oh. Under the skirt. And I was like, I could see that being just a totally mm-hmm. different look of an outfit. Mm-hmm. I like My the point in this story is, mm-hmm. so I went to Amazon and typed in boot, uh, knee-high boots because I can only I shouldn't wear mid-calf. They should be to my knee or ankle. It's a thing. Mm. I did the style class. Listen, no, nope, not right I, now. I'm learning. I'm learning. Okay, but let me just say this. I typed in knee-high, and the number of boots that were like, clearly we're going to go to my halfway up my thigh and not my knee really ma'am i'd type thigh high boots if i wanted that what is this amazon <laughs> get your algorithms figured out i don't need thigh high i'd be i'd have no legs i already have no legs I'd be like where'd she go she gone. sucked you right up yep cheese <laughs> i that was another thing that was really hard for me like when you know the early mid 90s when those boots were really in like mm-hmm. the high boots I, always I had, said, mm-hmm, like, I know exactly what you're, no, I have no idea. I don't well, know when that was in. Like, when people were wearing, like, skinny jeans with, like, thigh-high boots, or, like, knee-high boots. Like, they were high. Okay. Anyway, I never could find those boots because, A, my feet were huge, and, B, like, some of those ca- those calves, calves on those boots, Who's, yeah. like, they're made for, like, people who have, like, eight inches in diameter. That's what I don't, that's, that would be my, so I have a pair of mm-hmm. knee-high, and I fit in them mm-hmm. probably when I was 20. Yeah. I mean, I haven't worn them in years. Tried them on. I'd like to think that it's not because I've gained weight. <laughs> <laughs> I think. Of course not. No, the boots just have definitely shrunk. They're yep. leather and they're yep. like, it's been cold and hot, cold and hot. We've got skinnier. 
Uh, who's yeah. making them? Though I, I really thought, know. first of all, Jen, why would you have ever fit in these ever? Well, also, like, this is going out to, you know, people who design, like, women's boots specifically. Please add in a size for a calf as a normal thing. Don't make people go search out wide calf boots. Oh, mm. That's, like, <laughs> such a terrible thing to have to type in. Yeah. Just be like, hey... Would you like a medium calf, small calf, large calf? Boot? There's a lot of like, things come actually on. in the clothing world that I really wish we could just change and get rid of. For, Same. You know, you know, it's also interesting. I do appreciate there's this movement I have seen. I, well, maybe it's not a movement. To me, it is because my algorithm is changing on Instagram because, you know, mm-hmm. you start looking at things yep. and it pops up. So it feels like a movement. <laughs> yeah. It's just my for you page or whatever it's called. Um there are enough Instagram health curator, content mm-hmm. makers, whatever, who are, I'm seeing posts, here's a picture of me where, you know, they've got their leggings up high and their tummy mm-hmm. sucked in and then, and then they roll, them, roll down. them down and mm-hmm. just let everything relax. And they're like, this is also me. And I'm like, wow. Yeah. I like to think because I'm in marketing and advertising that I don't get sucked into like, oh, I can, sure. that's an ad. Sure. But especially when it's around my body or a woman's body, mm-hmm. I can get sucked into those like, dang, she's got great abs. And then you see in the next shop, I'm like, her body looks exactly like if I walked around sucking it in for mm-hmm. all I'm worth, I could probably look like that too. For sure. It just is, it makes me think, man, don't believe anything you see no. anymore, especially with artificial intelligence. That's not even where I was going with this, though. I already <laughs> forgot what I was going to say. One of those pictures uh-huh. that the woman was like, this is me. This is also me. Yeah. She was saying, don't look at numbers on jeans because oh. in this brand, I think she was in a jean jean. Mm-hmm. She was a size six or eight or something. And then in a completely different style, cargo mm-hmm. pants, different brand, she was a size 12. Yeah. And I just remember thinking as I was scrolling, thinking, Thank you for saying that because mm-hmm. I hate the numbers. I personally don't weigh myself. I have I not don't. weighed myself mm-hmm. in years. That's a lie. That's, well, I just lied because I had to do it at the OBGYN and I looked <laughs> and I was like, oh God, this is why I don't own a scale. That I, can't be right. I guess maybe I'm a part of like the uh, minority here because I don't really care about the number. Yeah. I care about how it feels how in my you body. Feel. Yeah. Yes. So like if I look at a pair of pants and I order a size twelve, I don't I feel the same as if I order a size sixteen. Like it because it just yeah, yeah, I just want to put on my jeans and not feel like I'm suffocating I, all day. I would agree. So you that's know? why when I put on my knee high boots and all of a sudden the calves don't fit, I'm like mm-hmm. well. Yeah. Look whose body's changed. You know what's interesting? Okay. Talking about body change, I am now wearing literally like the same size numbers that I did when I was in high school. Like, but my body does not look like it did when I was in high school. Huh. But can you, what, yeah. So, like, no, no. So, like, in high school, I was like a size. 14 I'm pants. not asking for your sizes. I'm no. asking how your body's different. Yeah. No. So what I'm saying is like, I was like a 14 pants, Okay. but I was also in a lot of activities. Mm-hmm. And one of those activities was cheerleading, which is a lot of jumping. Mm-hmm. And I think that my thighs mm-hmm. and my butt were much more, uh, not, they were never vol- voluptuous like yours. Wow. No one would ever call really? me. Yes, girl. 
they were never pronounced, but they were more pronounced than what they are now. Okay. Now it's shifted to the front. (laughs) (laughs) What was behind has decided to come forward. (laughs) Has decided to make an appearance. Hello. (laughs) It's like. Forget about me. It's like. Don't you ever forget your mother. <laughs> oh. you, you have carried two children and birthed yes. them. And you know everyone fu- around you will know forever. Yes. <laughs> I, okay. I have, it's funny. Everyone's so hard on their own bodies, but I, one of the funniest things to me, I'm sure my friends don't think it's funny, but I tend to be friends with people who are older. Mm-hmm. And by older, I'm talking anywhere from three to seven years older than I sure. am. Sure. <laughs> Oh, I feel like all my girlfriends that are 40 plus, I don't know what, I mean, stuff's shifted for me since I was 30 and now I'm 35. So surely five years from now, more uh-huh. will shift. <laughs> Just specifically, like, I guess more starts to happen with your boobs as oh, you girl. get older. And you're lucky that it hasn't started to happen yet. Well, I, it just, it, for whatever reason, it has caught me off guard, but it's so funny to listen to other women just discuss mm-hmm. how things have Falling. <laughs> a lot of drooping is happening. A lot of drooping. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Like today I had a super busy day at work and I was like, I am not wearing an underwire. I don't have it in me to put that on today. My arms are going to be up oh, and down all day long. I'm surprised you do ever. I, I don't know. Always. I, always. Why? 99% of days. Because? Because, because my boobs are droopy. That you oh, don't understand so you because your, bro- your boobs aren't as big well, and definitely not even close to as droopy. First of all, they're probably bigger than you think, truly. Uh huh. I think you might be shocked at my size. Most people are. But here's what's really funny. My stylist, not my stylist, that makes me sound like I'm so, <laughs> I'm not. What I mean is when I did my style personality yeah. thing with the House of Color, Right. everyone should do it. Um, one of my favorite takeaways, that was sarcasm, by the way. <laughs> She's standing there doing my measurements and we're talking about things and she's like, I think you would really benefit from investing in a bra minimizer. What? Yeah. Yeah. Your boobs are very proportional. Well, according to the rest of my measurements at that time, she said I should tame them down basically. Which is why I said you have an hourglass shape. Yeah. You're not pear. You're hour. Well, I've been thinking about that ever since you said mm-hmm. that to me. And I was like, she might be right. Mm-hmm. Maybe when I was younger, for sure. It's slowly coming back. We're working <laughs> on it. But I just recently, like a month ago, bought an underwire bra. Because I said to myself... You've never I, had one before? Oh, no. It's all I wore. But then oh, okay. after this class a few years ago, oh. when I was told to get a minimizer, I've just been squishing the girls down. You know, you know what men would say? I know. But I'm not... A, like, I don't need that. I know. Oops. Oh. So sorry, Siri. Um, no, what I'm saying is like, if, if, if you want to have a minimizer for like a button up shirt, like if you want to wear a button up shirt, no, I literally like was wearing one every day. Why? That has to hurt. What size do you, what? Maybe minimizer. I think you're a 34 D. That's what I think you are. Damn. I'm right on. Aren't I? You're spot on. Yeah. You don't understand that. I grew up with tons of sisters. You thought I was small. I don't feel like that's that small. For, that's a very proportional, av- I would say average size boob. Mm. What would, if, what Guess would what a surprise- I am. Mm, I don't know anything. You're not going to insult me. A, B, C, D. Ooh. Do they go up to like F's and G's? Of course they do. I think they go all the way up to like L's. Okay, so. D. I'm not there. I will say that. Mm, 
I'm going to go 36G. Actually, I am a 40 double D, but I can wear a 38 triple D. Triple D. Mm-hmm. That is a show. Diners, drive-ins, and dives. Marcus <laughs> is diving in. That was oh funny. My God. <laughs> That's take, what triple D take, stands for. Diners, drive-ins, and dives. Yeah, the show. I know, but what I'm saying is like on the bra. Oh. <laughs> That's, That's a- yeah, <laughs> yeah. This is now trademarked. You cannot steal the idea. Right. We are turning it into merch. But what I'm saying. Oh my gosh, that's going to be a shirt. <laughs> I've got the D D D Triple D's. Hair of the hour told me so. Yes, that's right. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, no, I mean, and I, I mean, my boobs have literally been about the same size too my huh. whole life you said it in a way that it, now i feel bad you're like you won't offend me i went down to g you don't offend me you don't offend me Heather double d triple mm-hmm. i don't think you I'm... know what comes after d g oh so it goes d did you hear d, me over here g, saying my alpha a b c d e f g so yeah that's... but they don't i don't think they have like i guess maybe some people do but g is the next thing Oh, I, did, like the, I didn't know that. Most of the bras that I've huh. seen is like double D, triple D, G. I'm fascinated. You know, one of the other things that I have thought about with moms, mm-hmm. well, actually, I'm going to change direction. ADD brain just mm-hmm. happened a little bit. Mm-hmm. Here's a story. Not Today, we're not going under the down south below the belt. <laughs> we will stay up top for this story of myself. <laughs> what? The headlights, not the undercarriage. Yes, yeah, the headlights. <laughs> Very good. Um, so Lincoln, when he was a baby, mm. really struggled. Have we talked about this? Yes, you told me this. This is did I, I did. You have to tell. You have to tell it again. Okay. Well, most women, if you have had a baby and attempted to breastfeed, you've probably had to deal with really sore nipples mm. and all kind. There's just so many things that happen when a child is literally getting its nutrition from you and yes. your body. And my son was not eating. <clears throat> it was a real struggle. It took us a long time to figure out what was going on. He ended up having a tongue tie mm-hmm. and got um, a really bad virus all at the same time, landed us in the hospital for two weeks when he was like 10 weeks old and he had a feeding mm-hmm. tube. It was terrible. Before mm-hmm. we got to the hospital, my child, this is the same little boy who asked me if I had was taking my penis out last week because I was, <laughs> in fact, taking a tampon out. This boy... Entered the world. <laughs> he just literally munched half my left nipple off. Yes. It's gone. Oh, my God. And, again, first oh time mom, God. first time, like, I don't know, my mom's experience was terrible. So half of me was like, well, I know my mom's are so bad. This is just what it is. And my <laughs> husband at the time, he's like, it looks like ground beef. <laughs> Like, well, that really helped the situation so much. <laughs> was it, did he literally bite it off or was it just so raw that like it I, just. I, I mean, it was a, cause you're supposed to switch or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that side was a lot worse, but I kept trying to oh. do what I thought I'd do, which was switch him up. So mm-hmm. I think, yeah, at one point he's little gums, like he was munching so hard. Oh my God. 
Yeah. Ugh, I hated the breastfeeding so much. Yeah. St- I Listen, wait, actually, if you're a new mom out there and you're really struggling, first of all, you're not alone. Guarantee no. you talk to any woman in your life and they'll be like, yes, yes. it is a horror that I survived. Yeah. Uh, I you mean, feel and so I'm much glad pressure. You do, but I'm really glad that there are people who really enjoy it because yes, I will say I was literally the only one in my family that didn't love breastfeeding. Like my mom loved it. She breastfed all of us. My sister loved huh. it, had no problems. Like... I had these giant boobs and I couldn't feed my child. Yeah. Like I wasn't producing enough. Did she, that bother you? Oh, big time. Oh, it did. With Amaya. Not so much with Gianna because I'd already done it once right. and I had already been through it. Right. But with Amaya, I was literally up every two hours. She never would latch. She did not have a tongue tie, but my nipples were so raw. Yeah. I would literally cry because she was screaming because she was starving. So then and I would they pick pump. up on that too. That's the other oh. things like they're sensing earrings. It's a whole thing. And I would pump and then mm-hmm. give her my milk. Mm-hmm. But if I didn't pump every two hours, my supply would go down. So I was, she was a great sleeper always. So she's sleeping like four or five hour stretches and I'm up every two hours pumping and pump. then cleaning the machine and then oh storing the milk just to wake up in another hour and do it all over again. again. And I remember I was like crying in the living room one night and Marcus was like, he would get up in the middle of the night with her as Mm -hmm. with me. And he's like, are you okay? I'm like, no, I'm just miserable. Like Mm -hmm. this is awful. She's sleeping and I don't get to sleep. And she was like 10 weeks old at that point. And we had already had to start like formula supplementing mm-hmm. because she literally, I was n- not, not enough. enough. Yeah. yeah. Right. And so he's like, babe, we have formula in the cupboard. It's okay. You don't have to do this. Like, good for it's him. not a big deal. And I'm like, but I'm her mother. I'm right. supposed to be able to do this. And right. he's like, you can if you want, but you don't need to do this for yourself. It's like, so not worth the pressure. No. Like, yes, I think it's amazing and um, wonderful what a woman's body can do, but never if it's at the sacrifice of your mental and emotional health. I yes. mean, we've talked a lot about that. Yes. But I, because I would say I did not love it. I didn't really I want to do it. it, but I felt this societal pressure, just the. Oh, from like, everything. Yeah. It's like if you don't even, if you're not trying hard enough and yes. blah, 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 blah. It's just like. Just Excuse thinking about it, me. I can. It throws me back to how I felt. In oh the yeah, first my nipples still of... tingle if I start talking about it too much. It's <laughs> I like, don't mean that. No, thank I mean, you. I, I no, can, thank you. I really remember the emotional roller coaster. No, like I hate this, but I don't want to let other people down. And oh. my husband at the time, he never made me feel pressure. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. My mom certainly didn't because it was yeah. such a struggle for her. It was my own doing. But just the, we haven't talked about this yet, but it's come up a lot in my own mind this week. Mm-hmm. And guess who it is? Guess who taught me this lesson? Yet again, Brene Brown. And she <laughs> talks about writing yourself permission slips. Oh, yeah. Like I give you permission to whatever. And um, I have to do that regularly for myself mentally. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the things that I had to just say. This was before my Brene Brown time. But hindsight. Yeah. Giving like mm-hmm. an old version of myself. Jen you have permission to be done. Like, yes, there's, there's nothing. I was a formula baby. I am flourishing. You know, my child, as long as he's healthy, I don't, Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, I can't say I have a huge, and I know there's going to be lots of strong opinions on Mm -hmm. formula, no formula, but I will go to my deathbed saying 110 million percent, a Mm -hmm. million times out of a million times, I will say to any woman anywhere, your mental and emotional health is far more important. Yes. Yep. 
Same. And a healthy mom and a healthy baby mm. are the only things that matter. If there is a reason that your child can't have formula, like they're allergic, right. they have a problem with processing it. Mm-hmm. I understand that. I get that. But if you are in a position where you're just feeling the societal pressure or the or the pressure from you, like the mom guilt yeah. inside of you, understand that you're, you're not the only one who feels that, A. Yep. And yep. B, a happy mom is way more important than yep. any granola, quote unquote, ideas that you think you should have. And I had a really yep. hard postpartum with Amaya and I didn't with Gianna. And I think the reason for that was mm. of those permission slips. Mm-hmm. I was like, I will try to breastfeed her, but if it doesn't work, I'm not doing it. I'm not going down that road again. Good for you. She was an op- the opposite experience. I still hated it. Absolutely hated it. But she... It mean like the baby stage? Bre- no, breastfeeding. Oh, breastfeeding. It was horrific. Yeah. I don't, I don't like... Here's the other thing. I'm not a cuddler either. So mm-hmm. like... Fair. I like to hold my children and love them, but like constantly having them literally attached to me made me feel like I didn't have autonomy. Interesting. Yeah. And I was just like, I feel so responsible for being with this other little being 24 hours a day constantly. Mm -hmm. And I did definitely pump with her, but she loved to breastfeed. Like that was very soothing for her. And I was literally like, are you done? I was just like sitting there fidgeting. Like, this is awful. Can we be done? Wow. And Hmm. it's, it's not because it hurt. It was just honestly in my head. Like, This is, I don't like being this close. Not my jam. It's not. It's just not my jam. So we didn't intentionally go down this road, but. But I'm glad we did. Yeah. Here, another boob story for you. Yo, this one is funny. (laughs) We'll see if you react the same way that my coworkers slash friends did. I was eating lunch. Mm, Today's Tuesday. So yesterday, a pork chop. And I didn't have a plastic knife. So I was. 100% 100% cavemaning and just boom with the uh-huh. fork. Mom, mom, mom. Yep. And that pork chop slipped off of the fork down onto my chest. Okay. Inside your bra? No, your shirt just like on t- my oh, shirt. Okay. But it left a little like few grease spots right on my boobs. Sure. So, so I'm back in our little kitchen or whatever. And my coworker, Mandy, I was like, what do I do? She said, oh, I think you can just put Dawn dish soap and water that's supposed oh, to like yeah. pull grease out. Mm-hmm. So I'm back there rubbing, rubbing all that down <laughs> all over my shirt. And then I was like, wow. So I texted my friends. I said, just FYI, girls, there's what happened with a hunk of pork. I just spilled a hunk of pork <laughs> down my shirt. And I said, this is the most action my boobs have seen in a long time. <laughs> to which I thought it was very funny. All of them, well, one of them specifically, and then they all hopped on that train, was like, never say hunk of pork ever again. <laughs> That was the takeaway. <laughs> it is kind of a weird way. Really? I was hunk of pork. Yeah. Well, that is weird. But I like I like I would have laughed. I wouldn't have said don't say hunk of pork. But well, I would have thought that, that became is a thing and I was laughing out loud so hard because I didn't realize how terrible it sounded. And then she sent a gif of like hot dogs being thrown, you know, the one where it's like <laughs> What would oh. you have said? Piece of meat? I probably said pork chop. Pork oh. chop landed on my chest. Well, listen, I will say this. It clearly drew a picture in everybody's mind when I said, oh, <laughs> That's right. That's right. So it is what it you're is. A, you're a word 
uh, artist. <laughs> That's draw pictures with your words. Yeah, sure. I'll go with that. Okay, so we are in the final stretch here of our 12 days of, and I'll be real honest with you, I have given up on my four because I don't want to talk about it. So when it's my turn, we're going to talk about something else. But your lessons have been so good. Oh, okay. I mean, I can like fly through them really okay. fast. Well, that's fine. I, we can do whatever. This is our podcast. It is our podcast. There's no rules. We can do whatever we want. Okay. I will say some of them are pretty good, actually. Maybe I'll okay. stick. I'll at least tell you what they are. But there's some. Mm-hmm. There's two things in particular after you speak that I just want to say. So I will say my last four are probably not intentionally, but they're probably the hardest hitting ones. Um, so we might not. Okay. All right. Let me so, just get situated here and let me get my notebook. Out. Do you want me to go first or do you want to go first? Okay, yeah, let's do me first because yeah. I have a feeling yours could, if they're hard-hitting, could. Yeah. All right. Uh, again, mine were 12 ways to connect with yourself and or others. That sounds bad. I probably should have come up with a different way. No, I think that's it's fantastic. Good? Okay. Yeah. So these were my remaining four. Again, in no particular order. I'm just starting at the top. Um, hobbies. Mm-hmm. One great way to connect with yourself is to maintain your hobbies. Personally, I really like to read. I like to listen to podcasts. Um, I love going to concerts of any kind. I love going to movies. I've never gotten into knitting, but I feel in myself that when I'm older, I could knit. I (laughs) I could totally see that. For myself. I I could totally see that. I think hobbies are a great idea. I will say sometimes I forget that like, because in my mind, I'm like hobby. Like I'm thinking of something big, Mm. like, like roller skating or like they're gonna say like woodworking well that too yeah you know but I'm thinking of something like big but when you say like listening to podcasts yeah reading call that a hobby absolutely it is Mm -hmm. and that is a way for you to like reconnect to yourself and Mm -hmm. pay attention to how that makes you feel when you do that heck yeah Mm -hmm. absolutely and mm, it's easy to give that up especially as a mom but yes Again, why it's on making my list because pri- it's important. Making a priority, yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, this is interesting. Oh, I know what this is. I'm like, that is the same thing that I just said. Um, personally grow. I don't like that. I have read books, watch like well, invest, self-help invest, things. Yeah. I don't but know what invest, I was thinking. Invest in your own growth. Like, like if I you're said, going through th- something. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's, okay, that's probably what I meant. Because when I have hobbies reading, I'm talking, I like thrillers story yeah or as people who know and love me i really enjoy youth fiction it's a story for another Mm -hmm. time um (laughs) but this what i'm thinking is more like a brene brown like brene is not someone i just sit down and spend hours reading like i know you have to be in a mindset for that first of all mindset and then i take time to process so Mm -hmm. stuff like hers i don't like this term i wouldn't call her this but the self-help genre kind of things or even spiritual books like those are typically things you have to do in chunks Yep. Um, and I also, if you've never watched a TED Talk. Oh, I love TED Talks. Yeah, I do too. I love them. I would even throw, what's that podcast? You really like it. Um, with the... You can do hard things? Arm, armchair. Oh, Armchair Expert. I love yeah. Armchair Expert. Like I would kind of throw mm-hmm. him in this yeah. a little main mm-hmm. a little bit where it's like, oh, it's a fun listen, but I, I couldn't listen to more than one in a sitting. Well, and also it depends on what the topic is. Like sometimes right. they're super fun and sometimes they're... they're yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yep. Okay, I don't know what num- number I'm on. I've lost track, but I, I have two left, 11. so yeah. 11. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one great way to stay connected with yourself 
and others, this is tricky, mm-hmm. is very open conversations with your kids. And oh. here's why I say it's tricky. And I just listened. We Well, well this is what I want to talk about later maybe. Um, as parents, especially I'm picking up on this now as a single mom, like behaviors that my kids have, kid, mm-hmm. I don't have one. I just have one can be triggering for other things in me that happened maybe when I was younger or whatever. And so having open dialogue Mm. and not getting myself all worked up to a place where I can no longer have that dialogue. And Mm. interestingly, this last weekend, it would be a really good example. Lincoln, he is a gem of a child. Like Mm -hmm. I foresee when he's an adult, I will have the joy and honor of saying he was so easy to raise. Like that's just sort of the cadence of what I think he will continue to be like, but he has moments like we all do. And, um, I had wanted, we'd had a great day on Saturday, just he and I, we Mm -hmm. made our Christmas cookies and watched some movies. We're having a great time. And he really wanted to just, he kept saying, I want to have a relaxing day. Great. We've been, literally, we've been home like all day. Mm-hmm. I get a call from a neighbor who'd forgotten her keys. Long story. She was literally two blocks away at the grocery store and asked, hey, could you just, sure? like my keys ended up in my daughter's purse. My mm-hmm. car won't start without my keys. So I'm just stranded in the parking lot. Right. So I'm like, yeah, no problem. Lincoln lost his ever loving mind that we had to leave the house for oh. five. He didn't have to get out of the car. Like it was, it was literally we drive, hand her keys go. So he got home and he was throwing just a fit about this. Like, we always do what you want to do. And every time we leave, it's go, 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 go. Mm-hmm. And you always just, you change your mind. And mm. so part of me is like, okay, there's some things he's saying here I really want to actually ask him about. Because if he feels that when it's time to go, that mom is too fast. And I sure he doesn't do well with quick change mm-hmm. and that whatever. But what I also did in that moment, sorry, I didn't really mean to tell the story, but I think it's a mm-hmm. good example. Um, I was frustrated because I'm thinking I didn't really want to leave either at 630. It's dark. It's cold. Yeah. But when someone calls and asks for help, I want to set my own desires aside. Mm-hmm. And even though it maybe feels like an inconvenience to me. Sure. Yes, I want to show up and help. And it's really bothersome to me that my child cannot put his own like, yes, he's seven. But it really bothered me. He didn't see that side of it. No, he didn't. But -hmm. that's where I was at. And Mm -hmm. I, so I like stepped because at this point he'd put himself, he likes to do this when he's upset. He goes to the bathroom, which I'm fine with Mm -hmm. because I tell him you have, you can be angry. You cannot be mean. Mm -hmm. And he like knows in himself when he's getting to that point. So he removes himself from the situation. Very healthy. Yes. We've worked a lot on that. So I had removed myself from that situation because I also am getting amped up Mm -hmm. and I, came out here was just like okay how do I want to handle this because I think I want him to know why I'm upset mm-hmm. but I also want him to see how you're able to communicate that not in a mean way yeah but still in the moment yeah so I went back in there and I sat on the toilet I said Lincoln I want you to know that right now I'm really upset with mm-hmm. you I'm feeling really disappointed and here's why and I walked through like I have spent all day with you. It's been great. Mm-hmm. And I got a call from a neighbor and it's bothersome to me that when someone calls and asks us for help, that your reaction is to get this upset. Yeah. That you can't think about somebody else for five minutes. Mm-hmm. And then I started to cry because I'm like, this really bothers me. Yeah. And I was explaining to him like, there are things that will come up that feel inconvenient. 
Yeah. But every time we can choose kindness yep. is always the right choice, oh, even I've... when it feels like an inconvenience, right? Oh, Jen. But I just, so in that moment, I'm like, <coughs> and what was interesting as he's seeing me, I mean, I didn't like have tears running down my face, but mm-hmm. I don't even know if he could tell. He could tell I was upset. I don't right. mean angry, like emotional. Right. You could tell. Because he was looking at me and all of a sudden his hands like come up and was covering his eyes and he wouldn't look at me. And I was, my voice was never raised. I mean, I said it just how yeah. I said it just now. And then I said, buddy, come here. And he like walked over. And I said, what's going on? Like, what are you feeling right now? Are you, did I hurt your feelings? And he shook his head, no. And I said, are you feeling embarrassed? And there was like a pause. And I said, or do you feel something called shame where like, you know, maybe you didn't make a great choice. Mm-hmm. And that feels like icky. And he starts nodding. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay. I said, that's normal. I I want you to know that. Anyway, I could go through the whole thing. My point that's is. huge, Jen. Yeah. I felt like we're getting, he's getting to the age now where some of these heart conversations, mm-hmm. like I can have those. Like I can start using words like shame mm-hmm. and explaining to him the difference between shame and guilt and what yes. they both mean. And it's not you as You're a person. You're also laying a foundation with him of trust, honesty. And when he gets older and he's having these overwhelmed moments, mm-hmm. he's going to know that mom's not going to raise herself to the same level he's at. Yeah. I hope I'm that safe spot for him. For sure. If you continue to do this with him, that's, that's all you will ever be for him. Because yeah. he, he, I will say, especially this past week, it, we have had a lot going on in our house. Um, and it's been busy, but also like, we also had illness running through our house, which I'm not going to lie. Like Mm. I am not the most sick person. What does that mean? Are you needy? No, no, no. I'm not needy. I'm my temper is just short. Oh, like I just don't have the patience that I normally have. Mm -hmm. And long story short, I lost my cool a couple nights ago Mm -hmm. on Sunday night. I, the girls all, no, it was Saturday night. All day I had been not feeling great in my mm-hmm. bed. Mm-hmm. One of my girls was also not feeling great. And they had been picking at each other all day. Mm. Irritating the living crap out of each other on purpose. Not for any other reason but in entertainment. Mm-hmm. Um, Marcus had like watched some football with some of his friends that day. And like we were literally just having like a quiet day at home. And I was like, girls, I don't feel good. I, we're not going to do anything today. You guys need to be kind to each other. Like, please stop. Like, literally all day. And by 7 o'clock at night, they're getting ready for bed. And they come in our room every night. We all just kind of, like, cuddle together and talk about our day. Mm-hmm. And for a decompressed yes, time. Yes, exactly. And then we take them to their room. Well, they won't stop pinching each other, poking each other, licking each other, like, making the other... All the things. All the things. Mm -hmm. And my husband, he had gotten away from it a little bit. So, like, I don't think it irritated him even close to as much as it irritated me. But I literally snapped. I was like, all day, both of you have irritated each other incessantly. I have given you opportunity after opportunity to make better choices. And you're not doing it. So we're not doing this tonight. In your rooms. We're done. And both of them started to cry. And I was like, I don't care. Because that's probably very abnormal for how you are. Yeah. 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 But I mm-hmm. like yelled. 
And I was like, I have had enough. I don't feel good. And you guys are constantly making that harder. Mm -hmm. Get out of my room. Go to your own rooms. I don't want to deal with this anymore. I've had it all day. Mm -hmm. And even Marcus like was silent. Like he doesn't, cause I'm not really a yeller. I don't usually yell, but I did feel like they needed to know how their actions are affecting other people. Mm -hmm. And I do usually have a pretty calm like uptick. Yeah. Like I will ask them very nicely like, Hey, don't you think you could be making a better choice? What you're doing is affecting someone besides yourself. And if you continue doing this, there's probably going to be a consequence. Consequence, yeah. So I'm giving you an opportunity to make a different choice. And I will literally say that exact thing. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, they listen and are receptive to it. This was not working. And I literally lost it. And usually, like in the past when that has happened, eventually I'll go back into their rooms and I'll be like, I'm sorry I yelled at you. I'm not sorry for, for the fact of what I said because all of it was true. Right. But I'm sorry that I used a tone right. that was not calm. You both are staying in your rooms. However, I, I at that point point I was like I'm not even doing that. I have no energy to the give to this. Gone. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it it was kind of cute, and I kind of felt bad the next morning. But I didn't feel bad for what I did. I felt bad for yelling. Right. But Amaya wrote me a letter, and she was like, "Mom, I just want to let you know that you're the best mom." And I'm sorry that we irritated you and we can't wait to be on your podcast. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh. And then that made me feel even worse. Oh, I know. <laughs> Lincoln, so say Lincoln, after all that, yeah. I kicked Dorothy's food uh-huh. bowl on accident. That kid on a dime hopped up, was on his hands and knees picking up every single oh. piece. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm terrible. Yes. Like, because it's, I don't ever want him to feel yes. that motivated. Like, you don't uh, need, yeah, yeah. There's, oh, parenting, man. Ooh, it's boy. so hard. But what you just said, though, having those open conversations, that is so important yeah. to being connecting to, connecting yourself to the, the moment mm-hmm. and also connecting to the other people experiencing the moment. Yep. And it's just a lot of work. It's a lot of work. But the thing is, it's worth it. The more you do it, the easier it becomes. Right. It's not. I guess, okay, let me rephrase. When I say work, what, I, what I'm thinking is, it like there's no stop there's just no if, no and i i saw this somewhere it's probably a real it was like if parenting's hard or exhausting you're doing something right oh that's, that's and good. i think it was really helpful because yeah. if you're not feeling tired then in my mind essentially what the, it was saying was then you're checked out and you're not that's you know true. like actively invested anyway i could mm-hmm. we could go on but this is my last one mm-hmm. no you had one more i thought yeah no sorry that one about being having open conversations was oh, number 11. Oh, this okay. now is my okay. last one. Okay. Um, and a great way to connect with yourself and others is to have a role model and or mentor. Oh yeah. I miss that. That was something I chose to do for many, many years of mm-hmm. my life. I don't think that there's really, I mean, there's been a couple different points in my life where I've had like mentors, mm-hmm. but I've never had like a consistent mm-hmm. person. Mm-hmm. You know, and as I'm thinking, I'm sure, like, I've had literally a relationship where all the relationship was, we'd Mm -hmm. get together and, you know, I'd ask them questions about, what at the time, if I was married, marriage questions, or how to raise a family. But, like I said, I have friends who are older, Mm -hmm. and I would not, like, say, oh, uh, my relationship with them is mentorship. No, but it kind of is. Oh, yeah, especially, you know, they have 
like I said, anywhere from three to seven years on me. Yeah. And a lot happens in your mid thirties and older that Mm -hmm. I personally find these women to be like fountains of wisdom. Mm -hmm. You're only a year ahead of me, but I'm also like, geez, okay. Got my notebooks out every time I talk to Kelsey. (laughs) But that's kind of, but it's a good reminder though, because I feel like sometimes we always think of like mentors as either like young people looking Mm -hmm. to like, like I'm talking like a teenager, Mm -hmm. you know, looking for like a mentor or like someone who's newly graduated and in like a job Job, for the first time, you you know, like, I don't think you realize like mentors can just be a friendship Mm -hmm. of somebody who has a knowledge you haven't attained yet. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. And I think that's, that's so there huge. you go. 12 days Love. of connecting with yourself. Love. Okay, hit me. This has already been a lot. We got four more that apparently are the Oh my gosh. Well, okay. So, number I say nine. it like I'm stressed out and not happy about it. I'm super pleased. I'm just being a little I'm trying to be funny. Yeah. Some of these I should say they're they're heavy hitting for me because I mm. they're things I'm still working on. Okay. So, okay. They're lessons I've learned, but I've also learned about myself that I'm not great at. Okay, number nine, you can't please everyone. You Ugh. are not everyone's cup of tea, and not everyone is yours. No. Other people's opinions of you are none of your business. Other, Other hmm. people's opinions of you. That's an interesting statement. Are none of your business. It affects you none. They pay your bills. When? Never. <laughs> Do not let somebody else's opinion of you disrupt your peace. Hmm. That's it, something hmm. I feel like I'm pretty good at. That's not one of them, the, the ones that I'm working on. But this is something I'm realizing the older I get that a lot of people who are our age, even older, even like my mom's age, still have a hard time with it. I not pleasing everyone or not caring about people's opinions or both. both. Like you can't, I was like, listen, are you talking to me? Yeah. Well, no, like when you have to acknowledge that it's some people don't feel comfortable in not being liked by people. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and Mm -hmm. that doesn't really bother me if somebody doesn't like that they, you know, if we don't vibe, I'm good with it. It doesn't bother me. I'm like, okay. I would say I'm like, my, I'm pretty cool. Yeah, it's, like there's some level of me that is arrogant, arrogant enough to be like, hmm, what's wrong with you? See, I don't even think it's a reflection on them. I'm just like, okay, on to the next. I literally don't I'm give it a second there. of thought. I know we we have talked about this because you said that before. Actually, other mm-hmm. people's opinions of you are none of your business. Yeah, I remember thinking like, wow. I mean, you're not wrong, but I just had never heard it phrased like that. Yeah, yeah, I. Even as a young person, like there were certain things, like if I heard a rumor or something, sometimes that would bother me. But the more thing that would bother me was the fact that it was untrue. Mm-hmm. And then I'd be like, it's not that other people thought it. It was just like, that's not true. Right. Like if it was something true, I don't think it would really bother me. Mm-hmm. But if it's untrue, that's that you're what, propelling something that's just not that's grounded not, in reality. Or yeah, that's that's not Mm-hmm. That was the thing that bothered me. Yeah. Um, but I didn't really care if somebody didn't like me. Never really bothered me. Never. At- so, okay, here's an interesting question, though. Mm-hmm. Does it, okay, okay. Does it bother you? Last week, you talked about this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you sent me a reel this week that 
reflected it. You think you're socially awkward? I'm very socially awkward. Does it, that bother you that you're socially awkward? No, but it definitely, it doesn't bother me that I'm socially awkward. Well, okay. But it, it just makes me, it, I, I'm very aware of it. That's a bad, it was a bad question. Does it bother you that other people think that you're socially, may think you're socially awkward? No, wow. not really. I know I'm socially awkward because I can feel when I'm vibing with somebody. Okay. I can feel, and like new people, mm-hmm. it's hard for me to like get a feel on like, it, are you there with me? Are you getting, are we, are, we are you wanting to just n- talk about the weather? Okay. Like, are you wanting to go? Like, that's the part that I feel awkward with. Like, oh. I'm not, I'm not a surface person, yeah, but right. meeting new people, it's very difficult to know like, what are, what kind of vibe are you? And I don't know oh. if you're just like, hmm, nice night. I <laughs> If that's okay. good for them you know yeah. or if I say hey I like your glasses and you're like hey I like yours and then we can easily start to banter yeah that's fine yeah. I'm okay with that but like I don't like the in-between yeah yeah so okay it doesn't really bother me I just no. but did my question make sense yeah yeah, yeah it yeah. made sense okay but I think it would like my impression that other people have or the other people the impression that they have of me don't you don't care um it depends on who the person is. Oh. So if it's okay. like somebody who knows me, mm-hmm. that bothers me. If someone who knows my heart knows what I who I am, mm-hmm. if they are disappointed in something mm. of me, that matters. Yeah. But somebody who is Joe Blow off the street yeah. or an acquaintance, yeah. not really. Doesn't matter. Mm. You know what I mean? Okay. I mean, I could press into that more, but I want to hear the others. Okay. Okay. So on to number 10. Um, this one I am still working on. Okay. It is not your responsibility to heal other people's wounds. Oh, stagger. I mean, I said stagger, dagger to the heart. Yeah. It's like taking Tylenol for it's your neighbor's not headache. It's your responsibility to, to heal, heal other, other people's, people's wounds. wounds. Mm-hmm. How do you struggle with this? Because I feel like I, especially with the people that are close to me, I can see their wounds and I, Mm. it breaks my heart. The empathy in me is something that I look at that and I'm like, I see it. I wish I could make that better. Mm -hmm. Let's, I'm going to tell you every day how much I love you. I'm going to try and reassure you a million times, like how much you matter, how supportive I'm going to be like X, Y, and Z. But that doesn't necessarily mean that that's helping them heal from those wounds. Yep. And if they want to heal, they'll do the work. They have to acknowledge that the wound is there. Oh yeah. Point one Mm -hmm. starting place. So that's, that's one that I'm like, like the thing that came to my mind when that immediately popped into my head was, it's not your responsibility to take a, to heal other people's wounds. It's like taking Tylenol for your neighbor's headache. Yeah. You can't take, you can't put a bandaid on a wound you don't have, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know? And it's, it's something that's like a lifelong thing. I'm going to have to tell myself over and over and over. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be hard when my kids get them. Ugh. It's going to be real hard. Yep. You know, can't protect them. Can't save them from no. everything. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to have to tell myself, it's not my job mm-hmm. and hurt people hurt people. So that's another thing, yep. you know, 
you have to acknowledge that when somebody is hurting, they are not going to be their best self. Right. And it's not your responsibility to make to up for their, for their short, shortcomings. I think that one of the things tied in to this idea for me personally is I empathy for sure is a part of that. I think some of what happens in this is seeing the potential that somebody has. We're going to get into that. That's oh. literally my oh. next one. Okay, then I'll let you go. So this is the hardest hitting one for me. <clears throat> Balance empathy with self-respect. The more chances you give someone, the less respect they will have for you. This leads to people ignoring your standards. They get comfortable on depending on your forgiveness. Ugh. Let people go. Let Mm -hmm. people go? Let people go. It's so hard when you're honest to God, like I can feel tears like in my eyeballs if they, if I thought too much about that. Yeah. It's falling in love with the potential. Yeah. Yep. You have to take yourself away from the thought of what could be and live in the what is. The what is actually Mm -hmm. reality. Take yourself out of Mm -hmm. the fantasy. Mm -hmm. And it's really hard to see things raw when you're living in empathy. Yeah. Yep. Because you know what their intentions are. Right. Even if they're mean. They yeah. know that, oh, well, they're not always like this. They they could be better. Or kind of back to your last point. Mm-hmm. If you can see that person's wounds and you can understand, well, I know A happened, which got them to B, and now here we are at C. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But that's why... This, I saw this on a reel, actually. This guy was talking about balancing empathy with self-respect, and I was like, <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's really good. Because it's something I think I'm really going to be. I see it a lot with women in romantic relationships. Yes. I think a lot of women end up with mm-hmm. men. I'm sure this, mm-hmm. yeah, whatever, um, mm-hmm. where they see a lot of potential or yep. whatever. Um but I think it happens. I'm sure it happens in friend. I know it does. Actually, I just was in a conversation today with yeah. a girlfriend who I think had high hopes for another girlfriend to mm-hmm. make some changes or um, mm-hmm. practice some self-reflection and mm-hmm. saw the potential for her. Yeah. And the girlfriend just didn't rise to the occasion. Yeah. And that's honestly like, I mean, it comes kind of back to boundaries, but like, yeah, it's hard to have boundaries sometimes like in job, like let's just say like jobs, mm-hmm. you know, if a boss is constantly walking all over you, taking advantage of your time, not giving you the credit when credit is due mm-hmm. and off, you know, like away from work, your friends, you enjoy each other. You have good conversation. He's a really he or she is a really relatable person. You're like, oh, they are really good. I know they don't intend to hurt me at work. I know they want, you know, this relationship with me. I feel like this friendship and camaraderie, like they don't do this to hurt me, but you're falling in love with the potential that 
this person could be the same person as at work that they are outside of work. That's not always possible mm-hmm. for those people when they're in work mode, they may not have the awareness, the self-awareness of what they're doing to other people when they're on the job. Mm-hmm. And so coming back to, you know, relationships, romantic relationships, it's easy to see how that happens, but just in normal day things, I think that's a very typical scenario where you're doing 90% of the work on a job that's supposed to be done with a group Mm -hmm. and nobody gives you 90% of the credit. And this is happening over and over and all of you get along and you really enjoy each other's company and you like spending the time together, working together. However, you're the only one that's working. And so that's where you have to balance empathy with self-respect. Yeah. Yep. You have to be able to draw that boundary and be like, listen, I get that you guys are good people and I enjoy you. But on this project, I think I'm going to have to do it on my own. Yep. Or you're going to delegate these tasks to other people. You yourself can't, you have to know if you're a control person like me, (laughs) you have to know I'm going to delegate this task to X person. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. make them be more accountable. Ooh, good word for this accountability. Mm -hmm. Honestly, I think even that's tied into the idea of self-respect. Yeah. Like, yeah. Respect yourself enough that you're willing to hold somebody else accountable for their behavior towards you. Yes. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I say that like I'm an expert at it. I'm not. No, but it's the truth though, Jen. Like when you have gone, I think we all have gone through experiences where mm-hmm. we felt like this. Yeah. I don't think we've all had the words for it, but this is something I think everybody's going to be able to relate to. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, I would agree. And so in your head, Mm-hmm. Remind yourself, balance mm. empathy with self-respect. Yep. Balance. It's, it's not saying that you can't be empathetic. Right. But just know where things get tilted. Yep. And it is a balance. It is. Ugh. Yep. Okay, my last one. That was a really good one, by the way. Oh, thanks. I liked it. I just spit into the mic. So sorry. <laughs> the last one I have is ask for help. Everyone needs help at some point. Mm. It doesn't make you weak. It makes you relatable. Time out. Yes. Okay. Yep. Keep going. I got something to add to this, and it's a question coming in hot for you. Oh, okay. Um, I'm still working on that. I feel mm-hmm. like I'm not necessarily super good at it. Hmm. But there are certain things I think we all feel like we should have all the answers mm-hmm. to. Like like motherhood, for, in, for instance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're all doing it differently we're all, you know, handling situations in different ways and we're all maybe screwing it up in different ways, (laughs) but we feel like, oh my God, I don't know what to do in this situation all the time with mothering. Yeah. How the hell do I handle this? I've never done this before. I've never been a mother of a 10 year old. I've never been, you know, like I'm learning these things too. And I actually have said that to my girls. I have said to them, yeah, I just want you to know I'm learning at this too. Yes. I might be an adult, but I'm still learning. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm new. This isn't, I've never had this come up. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting (coughs) because my mom, you know, raised seven kids, but I do parent different than she did. And similar in some ways, different in others. And regularly I ask her like, how do you handle this? Or also, 
you have more power over my child. My my <laughs> my children care more about your opinion of them than mm. they do about of mine right now. So <laughs> how'd you get there? Like, yeah, yeah. Like or hey, talk to them about this. Oh yeah, inviting like, yeah. You know, actually okay yeah. That's I think so important is having other adult voices that your children are yeah respecting and yeah yeah yeah. I will say, Interesting. Gianna is my firecracker. She is going to give me every single gray hair mm. I will ever have. Mm-hmm. She's going to challenge mm-hmm. me every day. Um, I love her dearly. She is a, she, I love her so much. Like she is so much joy, but she is a challenge from the moment she wakes up to the moment she goes to sleep. And she's so damn smart. And that's why it's a challenge. Yeah. But yep. she has big emotions big emotions and um welcome to the club sis right and it's difficult for me because I literally have to tell myself matching her is not an option matching her is not an option matching her is not an option Mm -hmm. (laughs) like and many times like especially in the last couple years I will call I will say to her I'm gonna call Grammy because I don't know how to handle you right now Hmm. Mm -hmm. and no don't call Grammy it's not to shame you. It's mm-hmm. because I don't know what I'm doing mm-hmm. because everything I'm trying is not working. Mm-hmm. Yep. And she's raised seven kids and I have barely raised two. Yeah. So I, I need, need help. I need help. Yeah. I need help. And usually I don't know if it's, it's a just a shift of energy. Too. Yeah, exactly. I don't know if it's a shift of energy or mm-hmm. if it's because Grammy, like my mom has standards too. So it's not like she just like lets them, she does right. let them get away with stuff, but like she has standards. She will hold them accountable for things. Mm-hmm. And I think they feel like a different like level of shame. Yeah, <laughs> but, it is you different. Know? Yeah. I would, yeah. And I think I that's, see that. sometimes I need that. Sometimes the beauty of a grandparent. <laughs> yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. So ask for help. Ask for help. You don't have all the answers. None of us do. And more than what you're willing to know, it, it getting back to your like ways to connect to people, mm-hmm. asking for help is like the largest form of connection. Oh yeah. Well, as you're talking, I was just thinking like, Oh, this is asking for help for me is a source of vulnerability. Absolutely. It is like you mentioned this and this is what I was going to ask you just what I know of you and being an eight, Mm -hmm. you'll typically want to look like you have everything together yeah, and be in control. And so asking for help is the exact opposite of appearing that way. Yep. So it can be really hard. I'm not that I'm not an eight, but I don't like asking for help because it feels vulnerable. And the be- I just saw this posted recently. I'm like, that's a really helpful way for me to think about it. Is I think I'm so good at vulnerability. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I have walls up for sure, but yeah, I'm I'm good at vulnerability. It's what I long for the absolute most is to be yeah. deeply connected with someone. At the same time, my biggest fear is rejection. Yeah, and being left alone. And so asking for help mm-hmm. in any way, shape or form for me feels so vulnerable because there's a risk of someone going to say, no, I don't want to help you or no, I can't help you or whatever. Mm-hmm. And ultimately what that is, is, is I'm not going to connect with you in this way. Yeah. And that's terrifying. It is. But also the type of people that I'm going to go ask for help. Right. The pe- are the people I'm totally. going to feel the safest with. Totally. I would agree. I'm not going to ask, unless I'm dying on the street, I'm not going to ask a stranger to help me with something, yeah. you know? But isn't it funny I, how even though, even that, even if you're going to ask people that you trust, though, asking mm-hmm. for help can still be difficult. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Even, <clears throat> um, 
even like, I mean, I didn't necessarily mean it in just this way, but like even getting back to therapy, you have to mm-hmm. acknowledge that everybody breaks. Everybody has a breaking point where you're like, mm-hmm. wait, I think I, I thought I had it all together, but clearly I don't. There's mm-hmm. something that's misfiring here. Right. And I don't really know where to go from here. And it doesn't mean that you're a failure and that you're an idiot or that you don't, you can't adult. Mm-hmm. It means that you need someone to help Some you start navigating. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so when you are at a point like that, be aware enough to seek that help. Mm-hmm. Like it, it comes self-awareness again, like, wait a minute. I don't think I'm handling this as well as I could be. As I could be. Yeah. Right. I don't think I'm processing this the way that I should. I did. That reminds me who, oh my gosh, I wish I could think of it. It was a tweet on Instagram or whatever. And, uh, functionally what it said was like, <laughs> sometimes I wish I lacked self-awareness because y'all just look like you're having a good time. <laughs> and I felt that so deeply because it's yes. sometimes I'm exhausting to myself. Like yes. tonight I was on the phone with a friend on the way home and then was thinking about something I had said in the conversation or she'd asked, I kind of forget. And so when I was on the treadmill, I was processing all of this and then I had to send a voice text to her. It was like four minutes long because (laughs) I'm a verbal processor. So it's like, I can't just think about this inside. It needs to get out. And I even said to her, I'm like, listen, I don't know why you're laughing so hard. Because I've lived this with you multiple times. Uh, yes yeah I said I don't even care if you listen to this or not I really don't like it's just it has to get out of my head I said this is my life this is just how I live thank you for affirming that that's true um and I didn't say this in my voice text but after the fact I thought this is I'm exhausted of myself sometimes because Mm -hmm. I take everything in Mm -hmm. so much Mm -hmm. and process I internalize it and I'm constantly self-reflecting and I don't think in a bad way yeah I'm sure some therapist somewhere would be like yeah actually you're intellectualizing intellectual and <laughs> intellectualizing <laughs> thank you and you need to feel things I don't know I don't know if that's yeah. true see look now I'm doing it I'm like yeah. <laughs> it just doesn't stop yeah. but my point there is um I don't know who knows what the point was well, you're talking about I, I oh, you, and asking yeah. for help and well, no, the self awareness. You're like, I wish oh, I was a little tweet. less self. Yeah, because yeah. it is. It's really tiring yeah. to like. Yeah. Sometimes but, I don't want. Why can I? I don't want to be better. Can I just? Yeah. Be, I think. I think for me, I don't feel this pressure to be perceived a certain way because I also I passed on this um this podcast uh to you mm-hmm. earlier this week or last week. Anyway, mm-hmm. a couple of days it was ago last week. And, um, I was talking about emotional maturity and it, the thing that I took away, I mean, I took away a lot of things, but yeah. one of the things that I took away was the people who want to understand you always will. Oh, that was such a good line. And the people who don't want to understand you never will. It doesn't matter what you say or how you say or it, how you say it. Yep. The people who are wanting to understand you will. Yep. And the people who don't won't. That's something that I was like, Whew, yeah, mm-hmm. you're right. Mm-hmm. So when you you're talking about like, oh, I had to digest this and I was thinking about it all in here. Like 
I understand why you want to do that, but for, and sometimes depending on the conversation, I will do the same thing, but do some, what, like send a voice text or well, just like think about, yes, oh, reprocess, yeah. like depending mm-hmm. on what the conversation was, sometimes I will do that. Sometimes I will be she like, she had asked a question. That's what I was processing. Oh, okay. Not the conversation itself, but oh, she had okay. said, why do you think? And I was thinking about that to yeah. be clear. So my thing is like, when you're talking about like, I verbalize all mm-hmm. these things and have to get them out, whatever. I feel like you so you are so good finding the words to explain yourself. Mm, okay. Sometimes I kind of rely on the fact that like I understand the people who get me get me. Yeah. And the people who don't don't. Mm-hmm. And I'm because kind of you okay don't with have that. words. No, no, no. Just like I don't feel like I need to over-explain. Like oh. I don't need to be like, this is how I got from X to Y to Z. I just am like, this is, you know, I see it this way. And I get that you may not, that's okay. Mm -hmm. But this is kind Mm -hmm. of the way I get it. Mm -hmm. And 90% of the time, like my friends are like, yeah, I can see that. I don't expect less from Kelsey, you know, like, you know, I'm just kind of like cut and dry, I guess. I don't Mm -hmm. usually add a ton of fluff and I'm Mm -hmm. trying, I'm realizing with the people who want, who get you, you don't have to Mm -hmm. like, you're, you're gonna, you're gonna be relatable because they want to be relatable f- to you, you know? Totally. I'm trying to relate to myself most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> like I generally, like, have you heard that? There's, um, still waters and deep rivers or something. Have you heard that? There's different. Okay. I don't know. Phrase, but basically, I, I, I think I'm on the verge of understanding what you're saying. Maybe still, yeah, yeah. I can't think of it. Um, There's some phrase someone can Google mm-hmm. it, but and it's probably not even related to what I'm thinking it is. Um, but I I don't understand how people can just have a feeling and then it's done. Oh, like yeah, it's like they don't have to, and that they just it's in their head, uh-huh. and then I don't know what happens. I'm like I have thoughts. And then in order for me to actually make those connections and those dots to click oh. or for things to click, like, oh, I'm not doing me. Verbal processing is never for somebody else's benefit. It's for you. Oh, a hundred percent. Which is why I told my friend, I'm like, I don't actually give a rip if you listen to this at all. Like I had to hear myself saying what I was thinking. Okay. And now I'm like, oh yeah. Okay. That. Yep. 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 Okay. And I think where I throw people off sometimes, and it was funny, you just said like, you're so good with words. I... I'm not like, it's all just off the cuff. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not, I haven't written anything down. I don't write these yeah. things down. It's just me talking out loud. And as I'm listening to my thoughts, yeah, I'm, I'm like, oh yeah, that makes sense. It's, but if it stayed in my head or uh-huh. I'll journal. So it's not sure. always like by sure. verbal process. I mean, it's journal or I'm sure. calling someone. Sure. I think that you've done a really good, I, well, you've also done a lot of work on yourself though. Like you've understood how to relate to yourself in those ways. Listen, why do we always end up at therapy, Jen, at the end? No, I'm just saying like, that's why you can do these things because a lot of people haven't. A lot of people haven't been able to figure out how they process things. Oh, might not even know that they should be a verbal process. I see what you're saying. Yes. Got it. Yeah. So like. Honestly, this podcast is like one way I verbally process. Oh, me too, though. Yeah. Me too. I'm processing all the time. That's why sometimes when I listen back to episodes, I'm like, 
what did I say? Why did I? What? Oh, okay. I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Like I will forget complete parts of our conversation because I'm literally just like living in the moment, you know? Uh, I want to add, well, two things. Kelsey mentioned that she shared this podcast and it's so good. And, um, I listened to it. There's like two parts. It's a two part about emotional maturity. And there's two things I want to say. And one of them falls into one of the things I wanted to get to. And we're getting kind of long here. So I'll try to be quick. But one of the quotes in the podcast that really struck me, and I wrote it down, um, she said, it's not our fault, but it's still our problem. Yes. And it actually, that makes me just now think of your um, balancing empathy with self-respect. Like I can look at a person and think, you know, you made this choice and now we're here. That's Mm -hmm. not my fault. Yeah. And I have empathy for that or I have empathy for Mm -hmm. what you went through to make you act that way but it is is my my problem. problem. Mm -hmm. And specifically in the context of the podcast, I think in that moment she was talking about how parents maybe weren't parenting super well or weren't emotionally at a place to help their child. But now for her as an adult, it's still her problem to have to work through that. Yes. And I just thought, I love that phrase because it, it's the both and yes, yes, it's not your fault. You don't Mm -hmm. have to feel guilty or bad about you are the way that you are. However, because of what you've gone through, it is still your problem that you need to solve and yes. be a healthier version of you. I thought yes. it was so beautiful. It is beautiful. I just wanted to pinpoint or um, comment on that particular mm-hmm. quote. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing, I did tell you this, and there's like a full sentence coming or full mm-hmm. thought. This is me verbally processing. <laughs> I said one of my big takeaways after listening to this podcast about emotional maturity. We've talked a lot recently about friendships, and you'd given me uh-huh. the suggestion to go through and, you know, categor- I forget exactly. Well, write down like your friends, friends and yeah. whatever. Mm-hmm. And it occurred to me after listening to this podcast, like I am a very deep person and I will never apologize for that. And I feel mm-hmm. very deeply. That also means that I only want to spend time and energy around others who mm-hmm. want to give emotional depth mm-hmm. and be vulnerable. Right. And that's all good and well. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I was thinking through that, I have some friends right now, or a friend, a couple of friends, who are going through what I would call the loss of a friendship mm-hmm. for whatever reason, where they're at in their particular state. Um, they've just gone separate ways. They've grown and changed differently, and they're not, maybe the expectation of what the friendship would be is not there. Sure. And um, it just made me think, again, the importance of the the quality I think that was one of my connection yeah, quality points, over actually, quantity quality mm-hmm. over quantity and how important that is and then it was the my next thought after that was here we are a week out of you know coming less than a week from Christmas mm-hmm. and I know her my friend who's dealing with this loss I don't know this other person and just the grief like I've been in those situations where for one reason or another you lose a friendship that maybe you didn't see that loss coming in mm-hmm. I would argue as a female, and you know how much I think female friendships are important yeah. and they're so unique that there's an emotional intimacy there that yeah. you don't have anywhere else. And so it almost, it's like another level of pain and hurt mm-hmm. when you lose that. And so I've just been feeling for that sense of grief and loss that I know she's experiencing, sure. even though it's, she's at peace and believes that it's the right like direction. Sure. sure. Doesn't, again, both and can mm-hmm. be true. You can... Mm-hmm. know that it's the right thing and still have a lot of grief mm-hmm. around that. And then 
I had just gotten off like a text exchange with this friend and then I got home and mom was with a bunch of her best high school friends. Mm -hmm. They've been best friends since they were eight years old and still get together Mm -hmm. like multiple times a month, had their little Christmas party. And one of her best high school friends, daughter-in-law just found out she has colon cancer. Um, one of the wives just found out, got a call today. Her husband has prostate cancer. And I was just thinking, you know, the world doesn't stop. There's never a timeout period like, oh, look, Christmas is coming or some big holiday. There's no pause button. No. And so anyway, I just was thinking one of the things I wanted to say in this episode before Christmas is as much joy and fun and things that holidays can be. Mm -hmm. I also recognize that they can be heavy. It's really hard. Mm -hmm. Like there's just really, whether it's you're not in a happy marriage, whether it's you're dealing with a sickness, whether you've lost Mm -hmm. a child. I -hmm. mean, the list goes on and on. Mm -hmm. Um, you could get a call on Christmas. Like you just, life changes like that. Yeah. And, um, so one, I see you not literally listener, but like you're not alone in the grief and don't feel guilty or bad. If you're wading through heavy stuff while you're feeling like you should be joyful I just feel like I should say that. I don't know why, so yeah. I want to say that. Yeah. And then the other thing that I feel very, very passionate about, and it just the older I get, the more it means to me. And I think I, was this last week? I know I sent you a voice text. We probably talked about it. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, words of affirmation is important to me, and mm-hmm. love languages are definitely a thing. And me telling someone how much I love them and think how great how great they are might not mean as much to them as if I mm-hmm. were to do something for them, right? Like, that's true. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that means we shouldn't actively, if someone is doing something that you think is amazing, Mm -hmm. if they have been successful, if you think they look beautiful, if they just, you called you and brought you a spark Mm -hmm. of joy to quickly verbalize that. Yeah. And I feel it so deeply, just these things come up and you're like, did Mm -hmm. not see that coming or that curveball came out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. And it reiterated yet again to me, Mm-hmm. I always want to tell the people that I love that I love them. I want yeah. them to know really clearly why. Yeah. And not just Kelsey, I love you, but get very, very specific. Yeah. Well, and I think I think a lot of people, especially people our age, think about stuff like that when they're falling asleep. Like when their brain gets quiet, when they don't have other mm-hmm. things distracting them, mm-hmm. when they don't, you know, when things are like when you're laying in bed and your brain is finally like starting to close down and you're like gosh, that was a cool conversation. Mm. That was really like, I felt seen there. That was great. You know, like it, yeah, you're it's decompressing, calming, you mm-hmm. know, to think about all those things that you're grateful for. But then when you don't take the time yeah, to say that to that person. Right. And, um, the holidays are hard. They're, ho- they're hard for a lot of different reasons, financially mm-hmm. even like mm-hmm. it's a hit, you know? And if you are feeling like, it's heavy. We see you mm-hmm. and we feel it too. Mm-hmm. And you know what? It's okay to dread the holidays. Yeah. There's a lot of people who do. Yep. And I hate that for you. And you don't have to pretend either. That's yeah. the other thing. Pretending to be something you're not is always going to lead you down a path you don't want to go down. Yep. So take some time on Christmas if you need to. Even if you're a parent and you're trying to make it magical for your kids, like, great. But take some time to just be like using those words mm-hmm. and saying to them, I'm so grateful I'm here with you on Christmas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Because it will help to acknowledge that you are. 
And then if you need to go back to your room, take some time, put some sweatpants on, just curl up and yeah. just be sad. That's okay too. Yep. But I think, you know, when you say it's hard to, you know, especially like a lot of people don't have the words that you have. Mm-hmm. And I'm one of them. You figuring out how to verbalize things. My feelings towards people, I use the word I love you. Mm. But I don't mean just like, hey, I love you, girl. Like, I love you. I love you. I love who you are. I love the way you make right. me feel. Right. I love what you bring to my life. Mm-hmm. The way that I see the world is different because of the love you've given me. Mm-hmm. I use it in a different way. Like it means something different to me. Totally. And I think I need to use like those, those words I just I said. I say those sentences, I'd be like, yeah. what? <laughs> but that's the truth. Yeah. And I'm I'm saying that to you. Like oh, I, I thought you were just giving examples. Well, oh. no. Well, I was. But to you, like okay. I do. I absolutely love you. And it's it's not something that I'm good at. Like that's how I mean it. But it's right. not something I explain. Yeah. You know, those are the, like my world has changed because of, the relationship that I have with you, like uh-huh. the, the way that you've helped me see but things that's differently. So good. What, and because you just in the moment aren't thinking to say it that way. Well, I think because you did, that was beautiful. And I, woof. <laughs> well, yeah, but like I see like the people that I love, like I, I mean, we've talked about this many times. My circle is small. Yeah. And so I don't have like 75 people, even like 30 people that Mm -hmm. I would consider myself like super, super, super close with. My circle is small. And so I, and I like that because I can be me with every single one of them. Right. And I don't have to feel like, like the people who, who will understand you will understand you. Yeah. So like, those are all people that I feel safe with. And Mm -hmm. if I am like in a space where I'm sad or I'm grieving or whatever, I don't even have to necessarily say it. They're going to catch on before I even say a word. Yep. Like, Hey, you seem off. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And so when I say, I think sometimes I don't, my brain isn't letting my mouth say those Mm -hmm. things, not Mm -hmm. because I don't think it, but it's a vulnerability thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, like saying, you know, because I, I'm not like, a crier. I don't like emotionally. I mean, I cry when something's sad, but I don't like, Oh, that just touched me. Like (laughs) my mother is very much like that. It's just not something I Mm -hmm. usually do. But so then sometimes people, a lot of people actually close to me are, they're very sensitive. Mm -hmm. Like, Oh, and it's not necessarily they're always crying in a bad thing, but then I feel bad because I'm like, I'm not crying and they're crying. (laughs) And I feel like this is lopsided, you know, like, yeah. So I feel, but that's again, vulnerability there. Like, I, I feel like for me, I should say those. Mm-hmm. I should. I'm acknowledging that I should, but I haven't. I love that for you. I think you're going to do it over Christmas for some people. And I hope so. Yeah. I hope so. That's my challenge for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I've said it obviously to like my sisters. Well, yes. But, and like you <laughs> said, like, if you, yeah. ha- I, and you actually, when you were saying I have a small circle and yeah. I would assume all of those people know that you love them. Yeah. I just think the world is so hard it and is. we are so hard on ourselves that when we have an outside objective voice that mm. still sees us for everything that we are and can say, but these are the qualities that I still love, even knowing the not so great parts of you. 
Like we need to hear more of that. Yeah. And like every single one of my like small group Mm -hmm. are different and they're not all close with each other. Yeah. Right. Because they all bring out a different side of me. Yeah. They always give me, they all give me something that I can't give to Mm -hmm. myself. You got a few good shoes. Yes. As Betty would say. Yep. Got a few good ones. That's all you really need. It really is. Quality over quantity. That's right. And when you find them, you know, okay, last thing. I just have to say this too. I think, so I had a weird college experience because I transferred halfway through and blah, blah, blah. Most people, it seems like their best friends are their college friends. And then Mm. quickly on the heels of that is even high school friends. Sure. You know the coolest gift to me, I think, ever? Hmm. When you come upon an adult friendship, like when you've oh, hit girl, adult we're go down age. this road. Okay, we can no, we'll save no, it. We no, can save what it I'm gonna say is come back. This could be its own topic. It will be its own topic. Know? But I'm just thinking like yeah. some of the people that I consider my like closest girlfriends that I would call like yeah. I've just met within the last five years. Yeah. And isn't that special? Yes. Yeah. It totally is. Yeah. I'm not good at that. I mean, <laughs> like literally besides like you, but you also just said small is good, so yeah, it's really fine. Yeah, and we'll make and it I'm another not, topic. I'm not, I'm not upset with that. I'm just no. saying, like, you are. But I think a lot of that for you too is that because I got divorced. Not, not just that, but like, well, that's a part of it. For it sure. is, but also like, you were at a point where it was just different than a lot of the friends that you had before. Like, you were entering a different oh. stage of life than they yeah. were in. You yeah. know, true. And so I think that led you down a path that you could relate to who people were like on the same path, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I meant by that. Oh, it will be another topic. Mm-hmm. I just feel it. Okay. It's going to be a big one. Well, this is going to be it for 2023, kids. That's it. Holy crap. <gasps> we'll see, see you in 2024. So but remember, wear your sunscreen, take your vitamins, and, and talk, talk to, to your, your girlfriends. girlfriends. Bye, guys. Bye.